What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome in to Make It Rain, a rain podcast for hockey royalty and the Hockey Royalty Network. As always, you can go to HockeyRoyalty.com for all the articles. And now, man, we're part of the Hockey Podcast Network, man. How does that feel? It's awesome. Why not? That's What a great thing to be a part of, right? Yeah, so there's plenty of different uh, teams in there. Some people just talk about all hockey a different team, so it's it's phenomenal. Glad to be a part of it, and glad to grow our brand and be a part of the family there. So, uh, thank you for the Hockey Podcast Network for inviting us in, man. We're we're glad to be here. So, absolutely. Well, let's just uh, let's start it with it. How you doing, man? It's been uh, been a week. Uh, how has your week been? Good, good. I'll be honest. The Kings are buzzing. The Rain are buzzing. Coming off a fresh men's league win tonight, so feeling pretty good right now, Randon. I'll be honest. You're buzzing. If it's a men's league, man, you do, every goal is a shot, right? Is that how it works? You got a keg in the bench? <laughs> You're not that far off. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's going pretty good down here, man. I mean, it's a little cold uh, for my liking as far as that goes, but it's in its 20s. Uh, although I got the day off work today, so that was nice. Just got to uh, stay home instead of risking the drives. Um, you know, not really too much weather. I mean, there was a little drizzling and then it, it froze over, but with the DFW area and there's so many different freeway interchanges, that's when it gets brutal when the ice is on the bridge because all the wind that goes underneath it. And so they, a lot of people just kind of lock up and just, uh, you know, yeah, stay home when it kind of freezes over. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's no fun. I mean, obviously we're used to it here, so we don't get a whole lot of weather days from work, but, uh, yeah, when you, that road's covered in ice, that's no fun, no matter where you are. So it, it was a good day for me. I get to sleep in again tomorrow, uh, you know, because they a little late start for tomorrow. So hopefully uh, get that going on. And then my brothers and I are uh, looking to buy tickets because the Cowboys or not the Cowboys, the Stars <laughs> game is is uh, is next Wednesday. So I think we're trying to get some people together to go for that, man. I'm, nice. I nice got too many go. podcasts working, man. I got so many teams in my head right now. I got to got to focus up. Got to be sharp, Randy. Got to be sharp. So yeah, let's let's start it off uh, with some rumors here. Forsberg's on the market, which. Ultimately, it doesn't make much sense to me considering where the Nashville Predators are in the standings. But, you know, with him being a uh, UFA at the end of the season, maybe they, the talks have soured and they don't feel like they can retain him and they want to get something. But it doesn't make much sense to me. But let's get your thoughts on it. No, it doesn't unless, you know, like you said, I mean, we're not privy to those conversations. And Nashville has to make a decision of um, if they don't think he's going to stick around. Um, maybe they want to just try to cash in. You know, you got a team that's very much in the playoff hunt. They've got one of the best goaltenders in the league. So you figure if they add a piece here or there around him, they could be a very tough out in the playoffs. But it's always tough, right? When you get into that spot, you're a team that's that's a good hockey team, probably not like a legitimate cup contender, but you have this this huge piece, but he's a UFA. What do you do? Right. Uh, it's it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, I, I you can see why if they don't if they legitimately believe, you know, they can't resign him. I guess I understand them looking to move him, but it's an interesting name. That's for sure. I've always been a huge fan of his. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting name. It was a huge name in the Kings uh, fans minds is in the, in the offseason uh, as a trade candidate, especially when we got Victor Arvidsson. They were say, hey, let's bring both uh, the guys over the brothers. Uh, from you know the Predators, and you know, let's get some scoring on this team. And so, you know, he's a big time player. He's consistent. He's you know plays with a lot of heart and everything like that. And so, uh, and ultimately, he's a goal scorer too, which uh, you know the Kings uh, not desperately need. We've been scoring decently lately, but overall in the season, 
lot of shots on goal, not a lot of goals going in. So he could help uh, remedy that. And you're then you're forcing the the pieces yep. down the lineup for a little deeper deeper stack there. What do you I mean? What do you think the market is on him as far as what it would cost to get him for a rental? I, I don't. So th- th- what we haven't really seen is is what the market is for a rental, right? I mean, I. I so it's hard to really speculate. And I'll be honest, I, I won't pretend to be somebody that's necessarily in the know or anything like that. But, you know, despite being a rental, he is a pretty big piece. You know, you're probably talking a first round pick and a pretty high end prospect at the very least. Um, and maybe even, you know, depending on those pieces, maybe even a third piece. Um, and for somebody that's a rental, it could be a lot, but if you're a team like that, that fancies themselves cup contenders, look at the Boston Bruins, you know, perhaps there's somebody that could use a legitimate big time threat offensively. You know, that, that's a team that really could use another, another big time forward. So I don't know. I, I think it, they're going to, they could potentially cash in, um, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to see. To see. It'll be interesting to see what that market is. That's for sure. Cause he's, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, he is. You're looking at his cap hit six mil on the year. Um, obviously the team wouldn't be responsible for that all, you know, for all that, but they would have to fit it under the cap constraints, you know, and all the, the long-term IR is probably a, a team maybe that can fit him on there, um, and, and use some of that stuff up, but not many of those teams out there, like, you know, the Kings are one of them that could potentially use that, but I know a lot of people are thinking, uh, you know, that's going to Chikrin, but if Nashville, I mean, they've been doing this kind of will they, won't they stuff. They traded away Arvidsson. Um, and then they remain competitive with the rest of their pieces. They played to win this year. They didn't do a full rebuild. It was more of like a remodel. And it doesn't really feel like they have an identity with how they're being driven as a, as an organization. Uh, and to me, like if you're in the playoff hunt and they've been playing good for most of the year, wouldn't you be more buyers at this point? They're, they're the top team in the wild card, and they are – I don't think it's really all that close. I think they're a much better team than Edmonton. I think they're a better team than Anaheim and Dallas and, and Vancouver. I mean, I, I think they're better than all of them. I think they're – I'd be very surprised if they didn't make the playoffs as a wildcard team at the at the least. Uh, I mean, I mean, and not, not that they're out of it in the chase for the division, but, you know, Minnesota, those teams in the Central are, are a bit ahead of them. So, um, but, yeah, it's it's a tough spot. But, again – Put yourself in the GM shoes if you're talking about asset management and you're like, okay, we're a wild card team. Well, it's going to be a tough draw, right? And we got a guy that's not coming back. We could cash in. We could get some assets for him. So it's a tough sell to the fan base. That's hey, that's why they get paid the big bucks, right? And yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Like as a fan, I'd be like, man, like we're in it. Like anything could happen. I mean. Especially as a Kings fan, right? Like winning in the eighth seed. I know that's not uh, done very often, but, um, you know, as a fan, like that would be a tough sell. One, because he's the heart of that team. Like he's the, you know, outside of Rene, which they honored, uh, put his number in the rafter uh, this week. Um, you know, he's the heart and soul of that team. And it's like, you you really don't want to give that stuff away. What are you saying to players like Roman Yossi, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing? I think if they are in the playoff hunt. If I was, if I was a fan, I'd be like, okay, yeah, risk it. Let's risk it. And then re-sign them, you know? And, and, but I don't know what Forsberg's mentality is on coming back or not. Yeah. That's the thing. It could very well be just something that it's being kind of put out there, you know, maybe by his agent that he's potentially on the market just to see. And then if you're the predators, listen, you don't have to trade them. If somebody blows you away, then maybe you think about it. Otherwise, you know, you sit tight and, 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 and you ride this out and see if you can make a run in the playoffs and then try to keep him. So, um, yeah, he's, it's a fun name. I certainly want him in Los Angeles. Uh, I think he's a hell of a player, but we'll see. Yeah, it's a, it's something interesting there, and, and everybody listening is probably like, hey, what does this have to do with the Kings? Well, the Kings are rumored for everybody who's on everybody. the market to be traded. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, you know, I, is, are they good enough to win the Cup this year? Well, I mean, uh, Money Puck has us at uh, anywhere from 4.9% to 5%. If they pull off a chicken trade and maybe a Forsberg trade, like they just double dip and move forward. I just think the Forsberg trade would probably have to be. Well, let me ask you if you were a fan or which you are a fan of the Kings, um, would you rather it be a signing trade and give up more money or more assets? Or would you rather risk it, give up less assets and then hope that you believe you can convince them to stay in LA in the offseason? Um, I guess it depends on what those assets are. 
you know, if, if those less assets are a first round pick and maybe a, a C-level prospect type of thing, sure, I'll do that and then roll the dice that we have a good run. He wants to stay in Los Angeles. Sure. You know, I think so. I, I think it just depends on what those are um, because as much as I think Phil Forsberg would be an incredible addition, you know, they they really do need a left shot D. Like, they, you could argue that they have a crop of forwards. It's getting the job done right now, not to mention what you have in, in Ontario and Gabe Velarde and, and Madden still growing and Turcotte still developing, all that stuff, right, which we've beaten that to death, I think. So you have a good crop of forwards in, in Ontario. So you could argue that that big splash doesn't necessarily need to be as a forward. They need a, they need a LD2, like, stat. Um, because it's it's not going well with Bjornfoot and and Mata on the left side right now. They that needs to get addressed if they if they do want to be legit contenders. So, um, I, I would definitely if you can get him at a reasonable price, which what I say is picks, right? Picks, not necessarily prospects. Which I don't know if that's enough. Then do it um, and save your prospects for a bigger deal for a chicken or a left shot D, if you will. So. That's how I look at it. I think as much as I love Forsberg and love the idea, it's it, they won't win in the playoffs with the current left shot team that they have. My, well, I don't think. Well, that's an insta- uh, uh, excellent segue <laughs> to the next one, which is, is Chikrin trade worth it? Or is the Chikrin trade worth it? So there's been an executive that came out and said that uh, he wouldn't uh, trade for Chikrin. He doesn't believe he plays with the size that he is. Um, and is a little bit of a liability defensively uh, and wouldn't give up four assets, uh, top-notch assets, meaning first-rounder A prospects for a guy of, uh, of Chickren's caliber. So is, is, is the asking price too much? Is it, is it going to be the fact that the, you know, there's no – he is this year's Jack Eichel. He is the pinnacle trade target uh, for, for, this, for this season. Um, so Arizona can drive up the cost. Like, what is your belief on this after only having really one good season as far as the goal production in his career and this year's down? Well, I think I, I, I think there's a couple of things here. So the, the part of what the asking price is, is not only just the player and his ability, but it's also the contract, right? You have a, a player who is under contract at a cheap price through 2024, 25, he's only 23 years old. So it's a little unfair to say the asking price isn't worth it solely for the player itself, because it's not just for the player itself. It's for the player itself, plus his age and contract and the whole thing that goes along with it and the control that you have under him. So you have to take that into consideration. Um, So in that sense, I mean, I, I do think he's, he's worth it. I, I would love to see what he looks like on a competent hockey team, um, frankly, I, I, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a cop out, but you know, you know, when I take a look and I've, I've looked at uh, evolving hockey, and everybody likes to, you know, you make excuses for guys, right? That are ah, he's on, he's just on a bad team, so that's why his numbers are so and such and such. His defensive expected goals in Corsi at five on five blows Tobias Bjornford out of the water. And I don't mean to knock on Tobias Bjornford. He's an extremely young defenseman and he's still developing. And I, I, I understand that. But like, if you're looking at lefty two, it's not even a comparison. And one of these players is on an, maybe I shouldn't say elite, but an extremely good possession team in the LA Kings. The other one is on one of the worst teams in like history of hockey. And Chikrin's doing a better job grading out wise from a, again, from a, on the defensive side of things from a, from a Corsi and an expected goal standpoint. So I don't know, like you look at what the Kings, and I think every situation is different. I don't know what executive said this obviously, or what team he's with, but this is a, probably the one glaring hole I would say in the Kings organization is lefty is, is, is high end potential left shot. D. They're loaded on the right. They've got a ton of forwards, and, you know, if you if you believe in Cal Peterson's the guy, like they could potentially have a backstop for years. So they do not have that puck moving left shot D. So this is, you know, uh, so for the Kings, given their depth in prospects, given where they are in their rebuild, given the one big piece they're missing is this guy, 
I I don't think the ask is. I think the ask is 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 fair. I mean, I, I if I'm Arizona, I'm going to ask for the moon right now, especially when you're expecting a lot of competition for him. So I'm okay with it. I don't blame them one bit because you know what? They don't have to trade him. He's under contract. Why would you not ask for the moon? And if a team pays it, great. If not, he's still on your roster and you continue to develop and you continue to grow. So Arizona should do this. They should ask for the moon. Yeah, you you're, you talked about the advanced stats in Corsi and how he's blowing Bjorn for another water, but let's just let's just kind of look at some of the basic stats that kind of pop out to me. One, he's been playing ever since his draft year. He started at 18, played 68 games in his in his rookie year. Uh, he's a six year veteran, and it's hard to say that as it's hard to say that at 23 as a six year vet, but he is. You're looking at outside his rookie year, he's playing over 20 minutes of ice time every single year. Uh, his average shooting percentage is 6.4. Well, guess what he's shooting this year? 1.7. So the the regression to the mean, I usually believe in that. You know, Obviously, last year he was shooting over 10%, and as a defenseman, that's really high because you take a lot of shots from the point. You take a lot of sh- shots on the power play, and a lot of those were going in. A lot of those were seeing eye singles getting through the defense and find, finding their home, and, and now those things aren't happening, almost to a severe rate. But he's... At, you know, he's over 50 hits or 50 block shots a, a year, uh, every single year that he's been there, um, you know, and everything like that. The only thing that maybe bothers me a little bit is he hasn't played a full season. Um, and so, you know, you're paying that premium price. Is this guy going to be there all the time? Right. Dowdy's the Iron Man. He plays every single game. And so, like, when you're paying a guy like that, is it worth it, you know, to wear me? That's the only thing that kind of bothers me with Chikrin is he hasn't been healthy his entire career. Uh, you know, consecutively. And it, it's just some, not really a glaring thing. Um, you know, and, and I guess I don't really remember how many total games each season had with the, the shortened one. So maybe he has played a full season in the, like the COVID shortened years. Uh, but in his first three years, didn't play 82 games. So we'll see how that works out. I mean, I think that you're right, though. That is the most glaring need. The only other thing I can think of, and it was just, this was mentioned to me, uh, or not to me, but just I saw it on online is trading like try to trade for the Panthers uh, night, the goalie as a young goalie prospect under under Peterson, because they, you know, they made this good. You mean is the Kings or Arizona? Kings or Arizona for Arizona. That would be I mean, that's you have a goaltender, a 10 year goaltender. That- yeah, there seems to be a really good fit there with with Florida and Chickering if they wanted to make that work with with some of the pieces. I don't know. I. I, I, it's not a need right now for Los Angeles. I get it from yeah, an organizational yeah. depth standpoint. It's not a bad thing, but at the current moment, Quick's playing well. Peterson, listen, you just signed him here, so he ain't going anywhere. So, yeah. so Peterson's your guy for the next couple of years, whether you, we'll see if he turns into that and stays that. But I think you, you know, you continue to look for the goaltending, but I, I, I don't know because he's pre, he's going to be a premium. You're going to pay a premium for Spencer Knight, and I, I just wouldn't do that. No, the player yeah. that the other thing you have to think of is is Chikrin is a guy that that you can get, and and we talked about it with Jack Eichel. Was you don't really see elite number one centers just become available that are under contract and young. Do you think he's elite? Who, Chikrin? Uh, so. It, <sighs> I guess only had one year in the Norris conversation. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, know that's a that's that a writer's thing. I use the word with Eichel, and it's probably not fair. Maybe maybe that's a strong word, and it's I know that that word gets kind of thrown out willy nilly with Chikrin. But I guess the point is, legitimate top pair, number one caliber defenseman, twenty three years old, under contract for years with a good cap hit, don't become available very often. So, do you think that? Do you think of the fact that like? Maybe the Kings see it as a flawless transition, right? Dowdy and Chikrin for the next couple of years. And then then you have another guy that's supposed to be an elite player in Brant Clark. And that just kind of seamlessly – now Chikrin's a little bit of the older veteran. Clark's coming in. And so you kind of have that seamless transition going forward with the, the, the great offensive mind on the right side and Chikrin playing on the left. I, and I think I, – listen, if you, if you don't do a big deal – and, and Chikrin is the name that's out there right now, right? I mean, I I still have um, hopes and dreams that that Buffalo will continue to be Buffalo and find a way to trade Rasmus Dahlin, but that's, <laughs> that's my own dream. But anyways, but so so if you're not going to go and get the big fish like a Chikrin, 
then what you're probably going to have to do is kind of go kind of that younger route, a younger direction and, and try to get that kind of diamond in the rough that just hasn't been quite noticed yet. And then he turns into this, but that's, that yeah. can be tough to find. That can be tough to find. So I don't know. It's, and it's going to be costly, but at some point they're going to have to strike somewhere. And I think left shot D is the spot that they have to strike. And if there's one here, you go get him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Kings have sh- done some striking so far with Dano and Arvidsson and there hasn't sure. really, they haven't really had to pay much for that. And then, you know, yeah. a lot of people bring yeah. up the, a lot of people bring up the fact that, Hey, the Kings won in or, you know, made the playoffs in 2010 and it took two years to win the cup. And like, we don't need to make that striking move now. Like if, or we tried in the off season, or maybe there'll be another left shot D available in two years or, you know, they draft somebody or yada, yada, yada. But you know, it, it I think it's fluid situation and he is, Definitely a player that fits our biggest need as an organization. And again, his age and contract are, are huge. And I wouldn't wait two years. I mean, I, you know, again, the likes of, of I would try to – you have a small window here with Kopitar, Dowdy, and then if you want to include Quick and Brown. Quick's playing great right now, obviously, so he's still in there. Like that window for those guys is very – is not getting any larger. It's getting it's, – it's very small. You got a couple of years – so I wouldn't wait much longer to make this strike because you are turning into a pretty good hockey team right now with the evolution of Kempe um, in Byfield's up now. Like you're 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 maybe closer than we thought, closer than I thought. I'll I'll admit that. Um, so you know I'm not saying for a cup this year, but like you you could be a contender next year with how they play hockey. I mean, you get Chikrin, uh, Edler comes back at the end of the season, um, and then you have. Mikey Anderson, uh, now that left side doesn't look so bad. Right. Our story, our scoring is kicked up. Um, we play – when you play Corsi hockey, when you're constantly putting that in, and you know, I know the shooting percentage isn't high, yeah, a lot of the games are close, but you can. that means you also have a chance to win at the end. You know, yep. you're not – and I think – I said it in our half, uh, midseason roundup, I think we can beat anybody in the West. I don't really don't think that – Agreed. Uh, and so it's definitely something to take a look at. All right. Well, I think we talked 20 minutes of, of Kings hockey. This is making it rain. So let's get into the, the good stuff. You know, the, the Ontario rain, keeping it hot. They, uh, it goals back to back over here. So let's start with the first game. Actually, let's go into the, the where we're at now. So for a lot of people who don't know, standings, the heat and rain are actually tied at 62 points. Heat have played less games. So they're technically in first, uh, points, uh, power play percentage first in, in the division at 27.4 PK at seventh at 77.7. Tynan and Ferk both in the top 10 uh, in the league in uh, in points. And so, you know, definitely the team's buzzing there. So let's start off with the uh, the San Diego goals game on Saturday. Uh, Rain win four to three. Come out blazing, out shooting the goals 14 to six, getting a one nothing <laughs> lead on a Martin Ferk uh, goal. Fancy that from uh, Tyler Madden and TJ Tynan. What did you guys – I like the way they came out in this game uh, yeah. pretty hot. And they, they seem to be playing a little bit more crisp hockey as of late. Yeah. And this was, was just a really good, um, a really good road period to come out and they just controlled the entire game and it helped that they get a lead. So, you know, they had a few power play opportunities in the opening period that, uh, you know, they were able to, to, they didn't cash in on one in, in the first, which, you know, would have been nice, but still they played a really just solid, solid period um, Valalta was, you know, he didn't get tested a lot, but he was strong when he needed to be. Um, and then you walk out of the first period of a two game set on the road. Um, I, I, you know, the first game being on the road, that is. And I thought it was just a great, great first period to start the weekend. Yeah. Moving in the second period, we have, uh, Jad continuing, uh, with his 18th of the season. <clears throat> Matty Valalta gets his first assist of the, of, of the year, padding those stats. Uh, and, and then Martin Furk at towards the end of the period and with his second goal of the day from, uh, TJ Tynan and uh, and Christian over there. So second period, a little bit more even, I thought, um, from back to forth, especially from a shooting standpoint, Ontario, uh, 10-9. What did you see in this period, and and, and uh, what did you like about how the Kings kind of kept the pedal to the metal there? Uh, well, the what it was nice was, you talked about Matt Valalta, um, a hell of a stretch pass. I mean, that was – so Austin Strand makes that pass from behind his own goal line and hits Jod 
almost to the 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 goals far blue line on on the goal. Uh, it was a really great play, and Anderson only tried to pass it uh, across to Dudas, but it ended up deflecting it off the defenseman. But you know they have the ability to to play that type of hockey. They're quick transition if if um, if the opportunity presents itself. And I think they, they use that opportunity to strike there and Anderson Dolan continues his hot play. And then again, Martin Furk was left alone in the slot. Um, then he's not going to miss too many from, from there. So, uh, again, an opportunistic team, uh, a, a solid road period. Nice, nice, nice. I agree there. Third is where I got a little sketchy. Uh, San Diego <laughs> started put, putting the gas on out shooting us 13 to seven there. Uh, we did get our first power play. We were one of seven, not fantastic, not what you normally see from the uh, the rain there. But TJ Tynan puts one home from Jordan Spence and Martin Furk. Furky with a three point night and Tynan with a three point nine. It seems like that happens quite a bit. Hmm. But the third, the third, the rain got a little sloppy with five penalties. They did. Um, it, it happens sometimes. What I did like though was the TJ Tynan scoring on a clapper on the power play. You do not see that very often for as productive as he is. Um, but another big, uh, another big game out of him. Jordan Spence, kind of again quietly keeping. It was you know his point streak ended uh, his his twelve or thirteen gamer that he had, but he's picked right back up. Frankly, I think he's at six points in his last uh, five games since that streak ended. So um, he's continuing to play well too. So um, it was it was a solid, solid all around road performance. And I think in the third period, you mentioned like it gets a little sloppy. They take a bunch of penalties. And again, I mean, that's where you look to your goaltender and Matt Valalta. You know, he came up big, right? He, they they put thirteen shots on him in the third period. Um, you know, he was big on the penalty kill. So good on uh, good on Matty V. His strong play continues. Yeah, was, uh, re-looking at it, it was Austin Wagner with four of those penalties, uh, <laughs> all in the same play. So instigating, roughing, fighting, and misconduct. So uh, maybe it sounded a little worse than what it was, but he pretty much uh, was done for the night after that. Uh, but you know, good, good on the, on the rain, you know, kept San Diego over four, uh, you first star of the game, you had first second star of the game, Tynan. Uh, but again, um, almost 30 shots on goal, uh, or for the goals and, you know, Matty Vallalta stays hot. And I, I saw that, uh, somebody posted, uh, some stats on, you know, as far as the, the danger shots that Vallalta's facing versus the amount of saves he's making. It was a, it was a tweet. I should have pulled that. So I had it right in front of me. Uh, but he's doing a great job. I mean, outside of the the mental lapses here and there, where he's oh man, he wishes he could have that one back. Yep. he's been playing very solid this year, especially as of late. He has been, and and you know, we'll probably we may get into this a little bit more um, tomorrow, a little teaser. Um, mm. But Sean O'Brien um, does a a tableau when he and he collects a whole bunch of. He's one of the few analytics guys in the American Hockey League, if not the only one. And uh, he does a great job on his site. And so if you look at the goaltenders, they, they have them kind of broken up into quadrants, depending on how the defensive, the shots they face and whatnot. And Matty Vallalta is in a, a, what is considered hard work quadrant, but strong results. So mm-hmm. he is somebody that gets tested. We talked about it too, I think on the last episode where the rain were giving up at the time, 31 shots a game was one of the worst in the league. So their goaltenders and Volota, obviously the starter, he's seeing a lot of rubber. And yeah, there's a couple, there's, there's times where it, it seems like you, you want that one back. Um, so that's part of his game that, that hopefully will continue to evolve, but there's no question he's playing really, really well. And he's seeing a lot of rubber and he's seeing a lot of high danger rubber. Yeah. So let's go to the second, uh, let's go to the second game here. Uh, the, another four to three win, uh, starts off kind of slow as a little, a little slow going there. Uh, the goals get a, a, a goal by Brent Gates Jr. Uh, in the first period and, you know, strand with a penalty there. It just seemed kind of like kind of a slow going teams trying to get their footing. I don't know if you had any different, uh, view on that first period. No, I mean, I don't think it was like a, a, a terrible period necessarily. It was just very kind of low event. Right, not a lot going on. They yeah. couldn't. They couldn't get the the same type of jump that they had. I thought in the in the, the game prior. So, um, you know, credit the goals. You know, they just they came off a loss the night before at home, so they're probably gonna they, they came out with a little bit little bit tighter check. So, um, you know, all in all, though, they get out of the period. It's one nothing. And again, with this offense, uh, you're always in the game. So, um, you know, you figured they would come back a little bit better in the second. 
Well, both teams came back better in the second. It was a wild back and forth. <laughs> <It was. laughs> Start, starting right away, uh, less than two minutes into the period, Tyler Madden puts his 13th home of the season, uh, assists by TJ Tynan, and then right back within less than a minute, Hunter Drew scores for the goals. Uh, you know, two goals in the first uh, three minutes. Uh, definitely a change of a vibe to this period. Uh, yes. Um, and I would say the star of this period was Gabe Velarde. He, the goal that he scored on a, they kind of give and go play through the neutral zone and then into the offensive zone. He crisscrossed with Rasmus Kapari was really, really nice. Very pretty goal. Um, he also wins a puck battle uh, on the sidewall to set up Cameron Gauntz, who did a nice job reading the play, sliding in. And then on the power play, Velarde, again, you know, he's, he's so smart. He's in that bumper position. He's, he, the puck goes to Tynan and he just kind of quietly gets himself into the high slot area. And Tynan finds him and he bangs it home. So he he showed off what he can do in the offensive zone. And you know, and, and there was a and you know the, the, to talk about Velarde quickly. There was somebody on you know Twitter. We had I think because I had the last article I wrote about four potential pieces that could be on the move if the Kings are going to make a big splash. That 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 these are some of the guys that could be on the move. And then Velarde was one of them. You know, and there was some question about, you know, Velarde skating from somebody on Twitter. And I don't think it's like an unfair criticism to his game that is he's not like the best skater out there. But you don't need to be. Um, and, you know, we talked about this with Scott Wheeler when he was on the show. You don't need to be like this elite skater necessarily. But he's so good in the offensive zone and his movements in the offensive zone and where to be. He's got a really underrated shot. He's a great playmaker. Like he could do a lot of things. And man, you know, we talked about Forsberg earlier and potential trades and whatnot. Like if you could find a way to get Chikrin and not trade Velarde and Velarde, I, I've been saying it since he was sent down, I think he can be a guy that can be a top six winger for the, for the king, or at the very least, you know, you put him on the third line with, with Byfield in, in Los Angeles. I think he can be an impact scoring winger in the, in LA. I really, really do. So he had a great period though, going back to the goals game, he had a great period and he's had a good stretch of games. No shock. He's been great since he's been down. Um, yeah. He's uh, third on the team right now and in, in points per game at 1.06, only trailing Tynan and Furt. Yeah. He, he's been awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. With, I think he would already be on the Kings if the person that was struggling was somebody other than Dustin Brown. Like if this if if it was, you know, a random person or, or whoever, you know, they had no problem sending Kupari down. They had no problem sending all these guys down. If if, if the person struggling wasn't Dustin Brown, a yeah. one of the all time best Kings, Velarde's probably up there already playing. Yep. And that person is probably scratched. So, you know, it, it just it's something different to me there. And Filardi had a great pair, like you said. I bet Cameron Gantz, goal, Gantz uh, just cracked that one. It was a nice yeah. nice little assist, the give and go. And then, you know, you're, to your point, like there's a lot of players. Like, you know, Brent Clark isn't the, great, the greatest sk- skater. You know, um, he has okay straight line speed. He does a different things with his, his legs, as we saw when we did a lot of our draft coverage. But he's, he's supremely intelligent. He makes a lot of players miss on the point. He's able to move horizontally, and he's just a genius when it comes to the offensive zone. And like you, you already mentioned, Scott Wheeler in, in in our interview, he's saying the game went so high into the skill realm where, uh, and now it's kind of floating back down to where a lot of these intelligent players who are more cerebral are are starting to dominate the league more because not everybody can be Connor McDavid. Right, and you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give a shout out and a stick taps to all the Kings men and, and Jesse Cohen over there because he and he put it great. Uh, so I I don't want to take credit for this. Um, I should give it to him, but he had mentioned, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but you know, you can if you're not the strongest skater, but you have a brain, you're gonna be okay. You can be the best skater in the world if you don't have a hockey brain. You got no shot, and he's a hundred percent right. Uh, at any level of hockey, you have to be able to process the game and. You, when I look at Gabe Velarde, I, that's what I see. I think he was thrust into a really difficult position as a young player with not a lot of pro games under his belt as 2C, and it didn't work. You know what? That's okay. He's come down and he's all but dominated uh, as a winger in the American Hockey League, and I think I hope that we see him in the NHL, and I hope it's with the Kings, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, the third period slows down a little bit here. Uh, so Ontario, again, one for three on the power play. No power, uh, no penalty kill goals there. Gable Velarde gets uh, the first uh, 
uh, star of the game with three points. Tynan, second star of the game with two. Uh, in this game right here, you're looking at another uh, Matt Volta goes back to back. Another only three goals again. So not a lot of shots uh, uh, for the goals on this one, only 20. So for Volalta, that's kind of a lazy night, it looks mm-hmm. like. But uh, still, gets the W. Go, you get four points on the weekend. Definitely a quality series against the goals. And I'm going to just quietly throw this out there again. Jordan Spence, two more assists in that game. He's up to 31 assists. Uh, after that game, he had 31 assists. So um, just he continues to deliver. It's just so impressive what he's been able to do. Yeah. So speaking of delivering, uh, our our sponsor uh, for this episode is DraftKings. Uh, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1. That's right. $1, Joe, on any team and get $150 in free bets. That sounds good. If they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still take your shot at at a big payday. Everyone can play huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA game and get $150 in free bets if you win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the uh, Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.com or .org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, which is 467-369, anywhere you can apply. Off to the races here with Henderson Silver Knights here. Wednesday game, we're aware one one time Wednesday game. Uh, you're coming with a, a four to one win, pretty dominating. And normally the Henderson games get pretty chippy, but Jared Henderson Dolan, the power play gets going in this game, gets a power play goal uh, from who other than Gabriel Velarde and, Jor- and Jordan Spence. You know, when I, I when I wrote the the Anderson Dolan piece, I decided and I looked at all those power play goals. He had ten at the time, and I looked at all the power play goals, and I, I specifically looked at the ones that were tippins because I think he's he's really evolving into a pretty intelligent player to play down low. He knows when to be the support guy and bump it out and 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 make a pass out to the bumper. He knows when to 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 head out to the corner for for again to be another support guy if it goes behind the net. He knows when to go to the front of the net. His timing is perfect. Uh and you can see he and Spence have a little something going on. Um you know, like they they can they there's a chemistry there because he the way he times his move to the front when Spence has the puck and this one actually so uh, this one actually got tipped twice. That's why Velarde got the primary assist that was shot by Spence, and it ended up getting tipped by Velarde and again by Anderson Dolan. But he's really turned. I think that's his fourth or fifth tip tip in goal on the power play. He's he's, he, he's starting to create a little bit of a niche for himself. So I, I still think that there's a a, a sneaky under the radar kind of PP two guy that potentially could be you know even though he'll be a bottom six forward probably if at the NHL level. I think. I, like I think he's he's ready. It's just when it's time and there's the opportunity, he's ready. He can go in and play a role, and I think he can contribute in all areas. I think contribute offensive, defensive, PK, PP. I think he can be a guy that that is just a kind of under the radar productive player. Yeah, I mean, a, a guy that comes to mind is Joe Pavelski made a living in doing that for for a long time. Not that Joe's not a good player, otherwise, right? But we saw it as Kings fans, you know, when he's on the Sharks, just eat eat us up. <clears throat> all the time and in that middle area tipping the tipping those pucks whether from the high or right in front of the the goalie and just timing it perfectly and if jad can do that he's going to prolong his career he's not only going to do that he's going to get himself more minutes on the on the on the power play like you said power play too so it's definitely something i've liked seeing from him and spence is just for some reason he just finds the exact hole to get to from the shot from the point to to get an opportunity for his teammates 
Well, what's smart about Spence too is he doesn't necessarily have to, you know, he, he he's he's so smart and he can find seams that he does, he's not putting his head down and wiring clappers. But then again, you wouldn't be running the top power play unit if that's all you were doing. Yeah, you know, he he recognizes an opportunity when he sees Dol- uh, Anderson Dolan making his move to the net that he just has to get it there. Doesn't have to be the hardest shot in the world. He's got to find a seam and put it at the right height for Anderson Dolan to do the rest. And and so far that's working great. Yeah, moving in the second period, gets gets off to a quick start with Martin Fur, consists from Tyler Madden and Helgi Granz. Uh, and in this period was pretty much, uh, you know, an anomaly. We got the goal early, but Henderson dominates the shot totals. Yep, and again, the, lean on lean on Matty Villalta. This was this was definitely a a. Um, a letdown period, if you will, for, for Ontario. They, they get out to the one nothing lead uh, after one, and they, they Henderson definitely came out and took it to him. But I've been talking about Velalta for a couple of weeks now and how, how much his game has improved, and, and this, was a, this is what you need when, when you have a period where you don't have it, right? It's just not going well, and the other team is coming, that your goalie is there to, to stand on his head and, and to, keep, uh, to keep the game where it is to keep you and give you an opportunity. Um, and he did that in the second period. Yeah. So uh, rain hold, hold tough towards the end of the period. Rasmus Campari goes off with a double <clears throat> minor for high sticking uh, at 1738. And so, you know, the, the rain have been doing a good job at staying tough with the, the allowing no uh, pen, uh, penalty kill goals uh, the first two game against the goals. And, and now against uh, Henderson comes up huge with uh, at the end of the period. Cause last thing you need is that momentum to shift. Then you come out into the third period and and you're already on the penalty kill and you leave the door open for uh, a good Henderson Silver Knights team. Yeah, and you know, I, I think we get into that third period and the Christian Mullan and I, I've kind of liked watching his game in Ontario and we've talked about the issues on the left side in Los Angeles. I'm not saying he's the answer, but I wouldn't mind seeing him get a look there. Like perhaps, you know, I don't know if they're committed to just keeping Bjorn fit in the NHL and just they're going to keep plugging him in there and letting him work through this, which I would understand. But um, I I wouldn't mind seeing Christian Molan and uh, get some time in Los Angeles. I think he's been a, a pretty good puck mover for, for Ontario. Yeah. I think they need to do maybe not necessarily Bjornfoot or, or Mata, but one of those guys and just kind of get rotate Will Lannan and, uh, and Ruvari in there every once in a while and, and shake it up and see if you can find some chemistry there. They found chemistry in the offensive part. Obviously, the the mad nice or whatever line you want to call it has been revolutionary and they've stuck with it. And so maybe if you find a good pairing that helps out the bottom four on the on the, the defense moving forward, the the weakness might not be as, as harsh as as it looks as of late. I mean, we're winning games. It's hard to complain, but now as Kings fans, you're, you you want to look towards the playoffs, and that's a, definitely an area of weakness. And so I would agree with you. I, I like Will Lannan's game. I also like Morvara's game, and so I wouldn't mind them just cracking the lineup every once in a while, getting a game here or two and seeing what they could do and see if they can make use of that because I thought Morvara did fine when he was up there, and I've always liked Will Lannan's game as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. So I, I – I, I don't know the likelihood of that happening, frankly. I mean, they're not going to wave Mata, and and they're I, I mean, I guess I maybe they they, they could send Bjornford down. I mean, Kapari is back down, Velarde's back down. I mean, I guess you know Anderson Dolan's back down. Um, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll, we'll see. But I, I've I've kind of liked uh, what Olin has brought. Yeah. So at the end, starting the third period, definitely on the penalty kill. Uh, the rain do not give up a goal, but then, Hey, Henderson, right back at it with a double minor of their own puts the rain on the power play. And Hey, who's back in the lineup? Vladimir Kachev with an assist. It's almost like when you put him on the power play, things, <laughs> good things happen, but he's been scratched for quite a while. Uh, the rain had been playing well. And on, the, the story that never ends is the, the fact that we're blocked up everywhere. You can be, uh, not a lot of places to move here. If you're a King's prospect, uh, trying to get some ice time. And so, but Kachev with his 16th of the year, Tyler Madden, 14th goal of Will Landon with the assist on the power play. And then uh, the the Knights shore up themselves right after right after that with Pavel Doroviev with his 18th of the season. I really liked him in his draft year. I thought that was somebody that the Kings maybe could have looked at. I don't know uh, if he wasn't on their board, but a very skilled forward. And it'll be interesting to see when he gets the call up to Vegas because uh, he could definitely get the, the puck in the net. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a nice tip in that he had too. I've kind of liked his game. Uh, I've kind of liked his game when I've seen him against Ontario as well, for sure. So uh, towards the end of the game, the, the game kind of just goes into a stalemate. TJ Tynan from Rasmus Kupar and Cameron Gantz seals it away with an empty netter. Third straight game for Volalta. Volalta gets his the second start of the game, only allowing one goal on 32 shots. Tyler Madden gets a goal and assist and a goal for Jared Anderson Dolan. Uh, th- three games, three wins, six points. Puts us back up tied for first place uh, with the Heat. I believe have one game in hand. Reina looking pretty good there, Joe. They sure are. And and I, I think, you know, we, we had their issues with, with the penalty kill before that we was, we talked about. It was kind of talked about at length. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a big reason why they uh, – listen, they were winning games, obviously, before even with the bad penalty kill. But, you know, if you're able to get pucks out of the net with your – with your penalty kill as good as this team is at uh, five on five, and obviously with his as their best power play in the AHL, they're going to be really tough to beat. Well, let's get into that. That's in our next segment. I think it's been a it's been a good jump here uh, for the last three weeks. The rain have slowly increased their penalty kill percentage. They've done uh, a lot better. They didn't allow one goal in these three games. Uh, you wrote that piece. You just alluded to it. It was. It seemed very. Um, organizational as far as how they were playing certain things, allowing a lot of shots from the dot um, and, and a lot of easy goals for you. Do you think it's more the personnel is getting better? The, they're getting more experience playing with each other and the personnel is increasing because we do have a young team, Spence, Helgi Granz, all these guys are, are young, or do you think it's fundamental? They're playing better fundamental hockey. I think it's the latter. I mean, I, I perhaps there's something toward to guys and their chemistry and their understanding where each guy is going to go and their movements and their timings and their communication that can always improve. So perhaps that's part of it. But I think it is it's a combination of, you know, they are doing a better job at cutting off that seam pass so where they're not getting the, the, the flank guy, the circle guy is not getting as many just blatantly open looks. And again, let's be honest, they're getting more saves. Matt Vallalta yeah. is playing very, very well lately. Um, and I think that all we, we have to acknowledge that that's played a factor. And I said it at the time, you know, it can be a little cliche-ish that the goaltender is your best penalty killer. But when I did that piece and I looked at it, it's like there was some goals where you you kind of want some of them back. And, uh, you know, and, and if you're going to give credit to a goaltender and Vallalta in this in this instance right now we're talking about, you know, then you has got to, you have to be fair. And, you know, if there's goals you want back, then you want those goals back and you should be able to, to, to say that and, and acknowledge that. But at the same time, I'll be the first to admit it. He's playing awesome right now. And I think there's a, that's a big reason for the penalty kill improvement. Yeah. I think it's, it's fine. It's fantastic. And it's, it's good. And that's what they're going to need. I mean, the, their biggest competition, the heat, one of the best penalty killers yeah. in the game uh, or in the division. And so if they're going to continue pushing for that number one spot, obviously they can score and we can just get a little bit more improvement on the penalty kill. Uh, we'll see that should vastly improve if Brock Faber goes pro towards the end of the season. Cause he's just a stalwart and that type of type of thing, cutting off the angles and such. But uh, I, I like the way they've played better fundamentally and, and it's something to, to see there. And if the confidence can build with, with, um, Matty Vallalta continually and have a good goaltender back there. The only thing that bothers me is if, um, you know, the schedule doesn't really allow it right now because they only play a couple of games, but the whoever's been the backup outside of Garrett Sparks has been pretty bad all year. And and they just rotated, uh, left them on up. Uh, Ingham went yeah. back to the Swamp Rabbits, still waiting for my jersey, by the way. <laughs> and um, and going, going there, so – that's the only thing that might bother me if there, we get more games down the stretch where some of these backups have to have to do it. If it's not going to be Vallalta playing every single game, are we going to start dropping some games here and there because the backup goaltending isn't up to par? I will be interested to see. Uh, I'm going to take let's take a quick look here. They so they play Saturday, Sunday this weekend. I'm trying to see a back to back situation where, you know, if the, if if Lethman's going to get a shot, he's had a good season. Um, in the ECHL and uh, maybe he gets it. They've obviously sparks was, was the main backup for a while. Um, Ingham has gotten an opportunity per week has gotten a couple of starts and an opportunity. So maybe now they're saying, you know what, they've all had their opportunity and struggle, as you mentioned. So maybe now is a good opportunity to give Lethem in the look with his, with how well he's been playing in Greenville. So 
we'll see what happens if 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 he's somebody that that maybe gets a look this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just give it up to Matty Volta. Uh, yeah, guest of the pod, by the way, Matty Volta. That's right, and, uh, friend and, of the pod. and yeah, friend of the pod, <laughs> and he's doing a, just a fantastic job. And I, I just think the fact that he's been seeing these amount of like you said, hard worker, and he and he's yeah. executing. Um, you know, it's just something that shows that, and maybe it builds character. I mean, I know when Cal Peterson was coming up, like he was hitting like 50 shots a game. Like he was, like he was just getting peppered. And so like seeing those amount of shots, especially with, you know, COVID shortened seasons here and there, you know, it's, it's maybe it's just uh, enhancing the development curve of Falalta have, you know, the more shots you see, the better, better looks, the more times you're going to be able to make those moves. Like he said in his interview, he's trying to be more centered with his movement across, uh, across the crease, making the the easier save or the easier move rather than the flashier move. And that comes with seeing pucks. And I won't, I won't speak for him and I don't recall us talking about this when we interviewed him, but goaltenders by and large don't like to be bored back yeah. there. You know, they, they, they want to be in the game. They want to feel the puck. They want to, they want to feel the, the flow of the game. You know, maybe they don't want to see 50 shots a night, but they, they want to be in the game. They want to be active. And I think it helps keep them alert. So there could be something to it. Every goal is different. So I won't say that, that it's, it's helping the Alta that he's seeing, you know, 30 plus shots a game, but, um, it, it, I, there's something to a fact where they're in a rhythm and I think he's in one now. And I think that's why they started him back to back over the weekend because he's playing so well and I think he's earned it. Yeah, definitely so, definitely so. So let's move on here. Penalty kill continues to improve. Let's go with our rain star of the week. I'm going to start us off here on this one, and I, I, I like Jordan Spence for the rain star of the week this one. I, he continuing his point streak. He's moved up into uh, th- for tied for third on the team in points with 34, and he's second on the team with assist in 32. So he's just he's a stalwart on this team now. He's a staple. Uh, in the point production, phenomenal on the power play. Uh, just like I listened to the same interview with with Wheeler on All the Kings Men, uh, he thinks he could play in the in the NHL right now. And so, I tend to agree that if there wasn't a roadblock with Roy and how well Jersey's playing, you could see him getting some time up there. Uh, but the rain definitely need him, and and he comes through almost every single game. At what point do we? Should he be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year? Leads all rookie defensemen in points. Um, he is top 10 among all rookie skaters in points. He's had a he's second amongst all rookies, um, forward or um, defensemen in assists. Uh, he has 20 power play assists, which again, second amongst all rookies. He's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what, what happens. I think he could at least throw him in the discussion. I know we're. I guess we're discussing it, Joe. We're discussing it. Listen, we are making it rain (laughs) podcast. So I guess you could say maybe we're a little biased. Let's just throw it out there. But his numbers are right there, too. Uh, I mean, it's he's had a hell of a freaking season. Good for him. Good for him. And so that's why that's why. And so when I I, I did the piece about potential guys that could be traded, like I want to be very clear. It's not that I want any of these guys be traded or I think they should be traded or they're not good players like if anything, it's a compliment that if they're going to make a big splash, like I'm not, I didn't say that these were, I don't mean it to be that these four guys were guys that can be just traded in any trade. Like if you're trading these guys, it's a big deal. And I think the, because Jordan Spence has had the season he's had in Ontario, he very well may have jumped to the top of the list. I'm excluding Brent Clark of right shot defenseman, in Los Angeles that could be traded. He's playing at this level at the pro level. So for all, you know, in Brock Faber, I know everybody he's at at the Olympics and everything, but Spence is doing this at the pro level and putting up in a a high level of point of point production on a top power and the top power play in the American hockey league. He runs it. You know, he's, he's at the top of it, I should say. And then it just runs it because CJ Tynan's there too, but you get my point. Like, he he's he's showing he can play at an extremely high level, you know, right now. And we don't know yet how Brock Faber is going to to play at this. So teams could see this and say, man, he's a, he maybe he's a year ahead of Brock Faber. And, and when it comes to, you know, rather than wait and see, if, can he do it at the pro level? We know Spence can do it at the pro level. I, that's so that's why I included his name is solely for a the depth of the right shot position 
in the Kings organization, but also the season he's having, you know, he could be somebody that's really opening a lot of eyes outside the organization. Yeah. Multiple people, including, uh, you know, head of scouting and Yanetti saying that the, the, the puck moving, you know, scoring right shot defenseman is one of the unicorns in the league. And we have, we, we have Dowdy Clark, Jersey, uh, Spence, and then Walker. to a lesser degree, Walker, Walker, Helgi Granz, and and Faber, who have a little bit of offensive ability as well. Mm-hmm. And so, if other teams who don't have those styles of players, I mean, Spence could be right along that, or even Jersey. You could say, hey, like Jersey's a doing this. He's already playing in the NHL, and then you know, then we bring up Spence. I don't know what the Kings are looking to do. Right. Whether what they would feel is the the better option for them. But I, I don't disagree with you that Spence would be at if I was another team and, you know, uh, looking at our prospects, you know, everybody mentions the forwards, but a right shot D that can run the power play right now, uh, you know, he probably could run any power play too in, in the league or at least most of them uh, in the NHL this year, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I think I truly believe that. So, and again, again, I, I, I go back to when I look at a team, that really is needs right shot D. I mean, there, there's there actually is a pretty good fit between the Kings and Buffalo. And I, I hate I go back to Darlene, but they they don't have right shot D prospects, and they have Darlene right now. But they also have a guy named Owen Power who is going to be stepping in next year. So they kind of have that one left D right there, and they also have two or three other good prospects that are defensemen on the left side. So like in theory, you could see them, you could stock up their right side in a Darlene trade. Okay. I, I give up. I'm done with Darlene. I'm sorry. For, for I'm those sorry of you, for those of you not watching on YouTube, uh, Joe smile couldn't be any wider than it is right now. Uh, and my screen isn't very big. So yeah, I mean, I, I like, uh, I like Rasmus Darlene as well. And you know, like, Hey, Spence in a pick for, for Darlene and, Sometimes people need to change change of scenery, right? I mean, the yeah. the 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 mo over there in Buffalo was pretty toxic. It looks like it's changing the the tone a little bit with the new GM making mm-hmm. not t- complete boneheaded moves all the time. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind that. Darlene's a, not a name that's being thrown around, but you know, maybe he needs to change the scenery and and it's Spence and a couple of things for for that. And then you have uh, you have Darlene there on the, the Swedish connection. With uh, with Bjornfoot and everything like that, and on the left side, uh, that and Mikey Anderson, and then if Edler comes back, you have another Swede there. I mean, Kings love their Swedes. I can dream, can I? I can dream of Dalene. Hey, can I? After this, after this, after this, you can you can dream about Dalene and your you know shooting <laughs> pucks all night all night long. But uh, let's get into your uh, star of the week before we close this thing out. Points in all three games, two goals, two assists. Been a fan of ours uh, all season. Tyler Madden under the radar, but he continues to get it done. He had a couple of goals, like I said, a couple of goals, a couple of assists. Um, and he's an interesting forward. Like, he's not one that ever gets brought up in terms of potential call-ups. I haven't really seen his name talked about much in trades. You know, I think he is a guy that is probably a, a solid year away. Maybe sometime next year he he gets that call. He he needs to get – Do you think he's a B or – would you call him a B or a C prospect in our organization? In our organization, I suppose he's – I don't know. I, I do wonder what – what I'll say he's a C prospect because I do wonder what his ceiling could be at the NHL level. I think he's versatile enough to play a lot of different positions he could play. I think he can play both center and wing. He may have to. He – he is a he's got he has a good shot. He's a the goal, one of the goals he scored over the weekend was a really deft little touch just in front of in front of uh, at the top of the crease. I think it was against Henderson, um, but now it's all blending. But it was a really nice little chip over the goal. He's a, so he he he's a good good goal scorer. He's got a nice release. I think he's a good player. I I, I see him though. Like he, I I don't know that he's he's certainly not ready at the moment. I I, I think there needs to be a little bit more. From a physically, I think he needs to be a little bit stronger to be able to withstand some of the a few more protein shakes, if you will. Yeah, exactly. To be able to withstand some <laughs> of the, the bigger boys in the NHL. Not that you have to be this big hulking guy, but I, I think I think content, this has been a really good season for him, and I'm loving it. Don't even consider bringing him up. Let's keep riding him out down here. Let him have a really legitimate off season, have a good off season, and then see what happens next year. But I like the player. I really do. And for him missing a lot of time last year, that's a full year of development that he that he missed. And so 
Yeah, let them marinate a little bit more down in here in Ontario, for sure. Yep. But that's my star. All right. So, well, that'll do it for us, guys. Uh, just so you guys know, the the Rain have uh, three games, all against the Tucson Road Runners, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday before our next show. Uh, we will be back on, uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, today on uh, YouTube, uh, meaning Friday. Uh, we'll be recording on Thursday with a stack analytics guru and definitely for all you stat heads out there to uh, uh, turn uh, tune in. Um, and uh, you know, we'll be talking about the rain and all the advanced analytics for the team. Uh, I am Randy McMahon. You can find me at Rando commando 24 Joe, where can they find you on Twitter? JW Paterino. As always, hockey royalties at hockey underscore royalty. You can find all, all of our articles and gear. If you see Joe's gear right there at hockeyroyalty.com. Uh, glad to be a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Kings, go. And as always, go rain. Go rain.